millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Blue Shirts Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan, and my name is Ryan Mead. Greg, say hello. Hi, buddy. What's up? Hey, bud. You know, just another week hanging out. Pretty long weekend, if I'm going to be honest. You know, some things happened uh, that I won't talk about here. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't do those things on this podcast. We don't get that deep. But uh, you know, it's a little bit of change in the United States. That's all. A little bit of feeling. Oh, you're talking about that. <laughs> oh, I was I was just like, what What in the world are you talking about? Well, I honestly fun. had no idea for a second. There's a lot, but uh, there is some stuff I will not get into. Spoiler, uh, that will not happen. Uh, but for now, on today's podcast, we will be going through a little bit of Ranger news. We will review the games that happened last week. We were recording, actually, before the Kings game tonight. So I will be coming back to give a solo reaction to what happened in the Kings game. So if, if you're like, wait, why did you talk about when the Rangers gave up 10 goals against the Kings? Uh, that's because we didn't watch it just yet, and I will be doing that afterwards later in the podcast. And then we will have our new mm-hmm. segment. Uh, we'll, we'll go over the one game this week uh, with National Holiday, and then we'll have our new segment, recurring segment, called Nonsense Speed Round, where Greg and I will go over nonsense questions that I will bring up at that point in time. First, let's start with Ranger news. Kevin Hayes is out two to three weeks with a lower body injury, we do not know what it is. Uh, how does this affect the Rangers going forward, Greg? Uh, it hurts. That it is it like that's the really short, quick explanation of how does it hurt. I mean, how does it impact this team? It Kevin Hayes has probably been arguably the most consistent Ranger this year. Him and JP Miller uh, and I, and Michael Grabner, they've probably been night in and night out the three guys that have played the best. So not having Hayes, which, you know, it, it, it doesn't just hurt because you don't you now just don't have Kevin Hayes. It screws up the chemistry of that entire line. You had everything going perfectly with the Hayes-Miller-Grabner line. And, you know, maybe it's no coincidence that the three guys that have been playing the most consistently for the Rangers are the, you know, line mates on the Rangers' third line. It, it forces JT Miller to play center. Obviously, we're going to see how that goes tonight. That could go one of two ways, obviously. Um, <laughs> it, well, it, it could go three ways. Jimmy it could be just okay, to be honest. It could be. Yeah, just I, okay. I suppose uh, it forces Jimmy Vc 
to have a more focused role on the Rangers right now. And I think Jimmy is on the record saying uh, he understands he's struggling mightily right now. And this is part of the learning process that you and I were anticipating for VC. We knew this was going to happen. Again, as great as VC was playing earlier this year, we both knew that the telling the sign for how um, VC was going to be moving forward as an NHL player was how he adjusted to the adjustment. And it's been hard. It's been rough for Jimmy VC the last couple of weeks. Well, it's not even like he's admitted to being tired. Yeah, he, had, he of course he's he's been pretty much invisible. Also, because he's been on the fourth line with two guys that don't really fit his play style, so that's been an issue for him. He hasn't had as much ice time it's, as I think he would like, but he doesn't really, I'm you know, hasn't really earned it either. And the top nine is playing incredible, so you can't just make a spot for him. But this gives a great opportunity for him to come up and and try and get back to form like he was the first uh, month of the season. But it is an imperfect line again because you're, it's basically a line of three wingers, and they're just. They're kind of force feeding Jimmy uh, JT Miller into the center role. But he has uh, you would played think, a lot of center. It's not like you know it, that was his you're right. Position. But he also didn't exactly he didn't necessarily play center well. No, he like didn't. saying um, you know I'm trying not we we haven't been potting long enough for me to make a Met reference. No, it's but four minutes in. You can it's do like it. saying <laughs> it's like saying. Um, Johannes Cespedes has played a lot of center field. That doesn't necessarily make him a good center fielder. Mm, okay, that's fair. Uh, I think JT's okay at center. I, I don't remember him being all too awful. I, he's competent. He'll handle his own. Obviously, it's not what you want to see. Remember, Hayes wasn't great center until this year either. Hayes was put on the wing, and he was put back into the center. He was j- jumped all around. So, Miller's, Miller will be okay. Well, I think, I think part of the problem with Hayes is some of it is I, I, I really don't know until this year, I don't think AV just knew how to use them. And if anything has come to the front this year, it's that AV, for being honest, might not be that great of a coach. Yeah, I said it. You've said that uh, many times, like though. This is not the first year. <laughs> well, many times this year, for sure. It just it seems like AV struggles um, – the thing A.B. struggles with the most is the utilization of the players on his roster. He has a hard time figuring out who should go where and who should play with who and, and who should get the amount of – well, <laughs> the, the defense is, I think, where the majority of my gripes come from. Right. But I do think it's a larger issue. And it, I, But I will also stop short and say uh, it would be completely unfair to blame A.B. for all of Kevin Hayes' struggles last year. I think Hayes just went through a sophomore slump, as players are, you know, one to do. It happens. Um, but, yeah, you know, I've, this, this season more than any other, I've lost some significant faith in AV. That has not previously happened. I still have faith in AV. Uh, obviously, I've been a fanboy of his. He, I think he's done really well with this organization. Uh, he's been a waiting coach for us. Some of the decisions are questionable, like you said. Uh, the Girardi and Stahl uh, decisions of, of ice time have been, in the past, um, questionable at best. And his Clendenning hate was not exactly the best either. Uh, and it's not like Clendenning uh, Clendenning hate's going to come back, too, because Mark, Mark Stahl is inching closer to a return. He's cleared for practice now. Right, that was my next piece so of I news. Think, so I think uh, Clendenning... Step on that. That's good. Yeah, Clendenning's 
Clendenning's days in the uh, rotation feel limited, which is and Clendenning hasn't not been what should the be. best defender, but I will say he has been quite the force on offense. Uh, from my just just my you know the bare eye test of looking around, not with no no advanced statistics here on this podcast, but just watching Clendenning do some passing on the power play and uh, playing playing up with the puck has been you know rather impressive. He did have a big no no. In the Leafs game, we will talk about in a couple minutes. But uh, besides that, I think he's been all right and serviceable and probably better than Girardi has played, uh, just my humble opinion. I would say I would say if we're being brutally honest about Clendenning, he's been a league average defenseman. Yeah. That, uh, he hasn't done – the things The things he, he does fantastic, which is moving the puck in and out of the defensive zone um, and helping set up the offensive attack. Uh, they are somewhat overshadowed by his purely defensive limitations. Uh, I don't think Adam Clendenning is, you know, the world's greatest one-on-one defender. Um, I think he helps more than he hurts. And if we're being brutally honest about this Rangers defense, a league average defender is a massive upgrade over the likes of Dan Girardi and Kevin Klein. We did it. We made it. If like Dan six Girardi minutes. and Kevin Klein. If, if those two could be league average defenders, or even if one of them could be a league average defenseman, I think the, my outlook for the Ranger team this season would be drastically different. Right. I feel like I would have different. some faith. Like right now, my faith in the playoffs is, I would say, average. I think we have a 50-50 shot to win round one, depending on who we're playing. And if we do get the one with the first wild card, yeah, we'll play Totally, Montreal. in my mind, depends on who the Rangers, it would depend on the matchup. Yep. So let's just say theoretically. I don't think the Rangers. Let's do that sports thing where, like, if the playoffs started today, and if we did play the Canadians at this point, it in would time, be the yeah, Canadians. We, I would, I would, I would, I would feel good about saying the Rangers would win in six. Yeah, I feel good about that too. Now, for playing the Capitals, I would still feel pretty good. But <laughs> seven seven game series, seven game series uh, overtime. The reason why I feel good is the reason why I would feel good about that series is less to do with how the Rangers match up with the Canadians this year. And more to do with the fact that I'm just never afraid of the Canadians. You mean the Capitals? Like, yes, that is exactly what I mean. Yeah. Um, that matchup would that matchup would be like playing uh, the Nationals, where I'm never, for whatever reason, afraid of them, even when I should be. Right. I feel like fan. we should be afraid of the Capitals, but I'm just not scared of them. I don't know what it is. They're uh, right. They they're stacked. Right. They have a lot of it's talent. Because we've, we've seen that dance. We've seen that dance so many times go out in the favor of the Rangers that it's hard to convince yourself that this will be different, even when it will. I think, you know, the Capitals are obviously very good this year, and I think they might be better prepared for a long playoff run than they've ever been in their um, most recent five-year stretch. But, you know, I'm like you. I'm just, for whatever reason, just not going to be afraid of the Capitals. And they're 9-0-1 in their last 10. They're playing... Very hot right now when they're tied for first place in the Metro with the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are still hanging on there. Uh, all those teams, Pittsburgh and the other two I just named, have a game in hand on us, and we have 61 points. So we are uh, firmly in fourth. That's where we are right now. 61, 61 points. In fourth. And uh, we're caught, but 10 points ahead of the next wild card team. Yep. So I have pretty good faith right now. I know it's still a long season that we'll, we're going to keep chugging along here. And we'll we'll go to the playoffs, but for right now, uh, I'm I'm happy where we are. I'm actually not too upset if we ended up with a wild card if this is the way things end. But obviously, still a lot of hockey left to play. Speaking of which, let's talk about some of that hockey. The Stars game from last week. 
Wow, Greg, this was a good one. Uh, I believe the Rangers were down 7-3 at one point. I looked at my TV and said, what am I doing with my life? Why am I watching this game? I kept it on in the background, and suddenly, something happened with the Rangers, and I'm not sure what that was. I believe at this point in time, you were asleep. Is that correct? Uh, yes. When it got to 7-3, I, was just, I said, first of all, working the schedule I work now is just brutal. I have to be to work um, during the week every morning at 5 a.m., which requires waking up at 4, which means being in bed by around 9, right. 9.30, it's if killing. I really wanted to push it. Uh, so that game, you know, when they went to – the last bit I saw was the, you know, was, it, was that one of the games where there were just like three goals in less than 90 seconds or something? Correct. Then I know it happened against the Canadians, but I think it also happened against the Stars. That is correct. And it got to a point where I was just like, you know what, this, this isn't fucking worth it. I'm going to bed. Uh, and the next thing I know is I wake up to like a hundred messages from you and people tagging me on Facebook, just saying, that's ah, an awful shame. Greg's asleep for this. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Cause uh, it looked like at the point in time, the Rangers scored very quickly again in, in, in Dallas star like fashion, three goals. And they were strictly outplaying them. I believe the shots was like 18 to one in the third period. Uh, it's a shame they didn't tie that game at least because they, they, they didn't, des- well, I'm going to say, I was about to say they deserved to win, but they didn't deserve to win. They let up seven goals. Helberg came in and, and no, they had- did not. They, but that was they the turning point for the Rangers week. That was when they realized, like, wow, we suck right now. We need to do something about this. And, uh, they didn't get the point for that game. Unfortunately, it's a team they should have beat. Uh, but they took that momentum into the Leafs game later that, that later that week, which was the re- solid revenge game, I would say. We strictly outplayed the Leaves the entire time. Michael Grabner showed why he's going to get 40 goals this year. <laughs> and uh, and I know that's crazy still. I, I still think he'll get like 35. That's where I'm at. And uh, he scored an empty netter and on a sick turnover and was able to uh, have another breakaway. He's been, he's been, as I said on the term, the blue shirts breakaway, Michael Grabner. So I, I, enjoy, I hope I'll root for him on Vegas when he's there this year. And that'll be really sad when he does go. But he's been a, a very consistent player, and he'll have to keep continuing to do this if the Rangers are going to keep on their pace and keep their fourth place place at this point in time. I will say this, and this is going to sound weird, but um, I think you're going to understand what I mean. Maybe, uh, maybe not. I am, I am relieved and kind of happy that the Rangers lost to the Stars. What's like, that? If the Rangers came back even to get a point from that Stars game, I feel like the message wouldn't be appropriate with how the Rangers should react to that game. And I was happy with every single player quote from that game because every player seemed to be disgusted with themselves about that game. Um, well, they the took, last they thing took I the first two was periods the, off. The, that was really what happened. They didn't, take the two, they didn't just take the first two periods off. They completely left Hank out to dry. They did. It was almost as if they, they just – everybody to a man left Hank out to dry in that game. And I feel like if they got a point from that game, the storyline would have been Rangers overcome perseverance yet again. Instead, the storyline was, my God, the Rangers can't play like this if they expect to compete long-term. So like, I was, I was happy that the storyline from that game was point appropriate. Uh, I, the Rangers needed to look themselves in the mirror after the game needed to come to, like, they needed to come to Jesus moment, and they needed to understand that if they were going to play that way in front of 
an all-time great goalie wasn't going to work. They would be in a worse spot, and the concerns about that you and I have talked about of them not winning a playoff series would come right to the forefront. Uh, if they got a point from the Stars, the narrative would be wrong. The narrative from that game needed to be, Jesus, fuck, we can't play like this if we want to win. And I'm, I was very relieved that that's exactly what the storyline was. That's fair. That, that's basically why I was happy. That's why I was happy. Like, of course, I'm never happy the Rangers lost. I'm happy they got the tone right about that game. I'm, I'm happy they didn't say, look at this great comeback. Anything's possible with this offense. The Rangers are never out of the game. I'm happy that the storyline was, if the Rangers want to be serious contenders this year, they need to defend the, the goal better. That's a fair point. And, uh, hmm, I do, I agree with you in some ways and disagree with the others. The way I disagree with, actually, I agree with you fully except this way, I will say. The Rangers having that comeback ignited the spark for them. And you could see it within the team. That team was down. The body language, the, sol- the, soldier- the soldiers, oh my God, the shoulders were slumped. I can't speak, Greg. The shoulders were out there slumped. It looked like no one had. Can you ever, though? No, never, actually. Uh, it looked like no one had life on that team. It was a sad, pathetic performance. Everyone knew it. It For me, until they scored that goal that started bringing the, the, the fourth goal, which, you know, they already scored three, until they started to score that fourth goal, you could see, like, they were, like, ready for the press conference. Like, let's just go take our beating, and then we're on to, on to the Leaf game. We'll, we'll play there. Then all of a sudden, they reignited together. Everyone started playing well again. You know, this was one of Mika's... Was this Mika's first game back? Yeah, it was, right? Yeah. So Mika's still getting his time, I believe on, so, yeah. his time on the ice. You know, he's he's a key cog of this offense, and he's still getting used to being back on the ice for the first time. That had to be take a part of it. He starts getting warmed up. Everything starts flowing. He scores a goal, and this team gets back and realizes, wow, we do have the offensive firepower to deal with anyone, except for backup goalies from the Red Wings. Uh, I would say, but... Uh... Here's, here's the, here's, it, this is almost like chicken or the egg. Uh, was, it, was it the goals that ignited the Rangers, or were they embarrassed that they left Hank out to dry and Hank had to get pulled when he probably, you know, he didn't deserve to be the scapegoat? Like, what came, what came first to the Rangers? Was it the fact that, you know, that, first, that fourth goal really lit a fire under their ass, or was it um, – they, they were embarrassed about what they did to Hank. Because I think you can make a case for either. You definitely I can. personally would, I mean, I would hope the reason the Rangers ignited that comeback was some embarrassment. And from the post-game quotes, it sure did sound like it was more embarrassment than anything else. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I just think you're wrong. That's fair. That, that's <laughs> half this podcast, I'm pretty sure. Or more of it. Yes. Let's quickly go over the Red Wings game here. Uh, this game didn't, doesn't have much to talk about because no one scored until overtime. You know. Z- uh, Hank- oh God, what an what an ugly fucking game, huh? Like, Seriously. there's really no other way. Like, it's as ugly as a zero, no score game going to overtime could possibly be. It was like the, when you think of the, when you think of no score games going to overtime. I don't think your first thought necessarily is, um, God, it must be a shit game. Like, your first thought really is, must be some good defending, must be some good goalkeeping going on. And there was. I'd say Hank played one of his better games in recent, you know, memory. Yeah, that's that's incredibly fair. 
I would stop well short of calling that a well-played game. No, not by at either all. team. It was now I know I know the Rangers unlockable. are blaming the ice. I know the Rangers are blaming the ice and whatnot. Um, but for whatever reason, maybe the you know twelve thirty starts can just be funny. Like teams show up differently for twelve thirty starts. It was the most stoppage time I've ever seen in a hockey game. Uh, that I've been since I've been watching pretty religiously. There was uh, I believe even the commentators were saying on on the radio they were they were like you know uh, we've stopped this game I think they had the average was going into the third quarter they had I think fifty faceoffs and an average in a game is fifty five like going into the third so the third quarter was a little better a third quarter wow third period was a little better uh, than the other two but the first two periods were almost unwatchable you know both teams were really sloppy on offense there were a lot of turnovers the faceoffs nonstop. It was not a great, wonderful game, but Hank did have uh, a nice comeback game for him. That's a nice confidence boost to get under his belt, his 60th shutout. And then, uh, of course, in overtime, uh, JT Miller and Zuccarello set up a beautiful goal to finally beat a uh, backup goalie from the Detroit Red Wings, who are our notorious enemies, who we cannot seem to beat cleanly at any point in time. Yeah, the, the goal was just magnificent. A two-on-none in overtime is yeah, it's that's hard to do. Pretty hard to um, do and defend also. Yeah, the Rangers needed that win, too. Uh, I know, I, I mean, it's weird. This is a 61-point team that is 10 points clear of any other team hunting for a wild-card spot, and yet it felt like that Red Wings win was a pivotal one for the Rangers, not just because it further pushes the Red Wings down, uh, but it also it really lifted the Rangers up because – Boy, did Hank need that shutout. He really did, especially with Ranta not being available. We, we all know Helberg is just not going to get a start while he's up here. So he's Hank definitely not. had to play this last week. I mean, the fact that Hank's – well, the good thing about it being a day game and the Rangers playing a back-to-back is he basically did have 24 hours off, which is different than he would if he were – if it was back-to-back night games. But uh, – yeah, that was a big one. That was a big one for Hank. He really needed that. He needed that more than the Rangers needed the W, I think. Yeah, like I said last week, you know, he seemed mentally unfit. He just didn't seem all there. It didn't seem like he has confidence. And uh, the, 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 obviously getting a shutout is a way to build that back up. You know, not to be Captain Obvious about it, but that's that's the best way to do it. Uh, as I said, we were recording before the Kings game, and I will probably insert my Kings reaction right here. Okay, Kings game review. Well... First and foremost, I think it's important to talk about Henrik Lundqvist. You know, last week I called him mentally weak, and I think even two seconds ago I called him mentally weak. Uh, he was obviously in a bad place, but, you know, Ranta getting hurt could have been a blessing in disguise. Now, obviously, I don't want to wish any injuries on in Ranta. Uh, I think he's a very good backup. He's been more than capable this uh, whole entire season. I think Greg has even mentioned that, you know, Vegas could consider picking him from our team. And that would be pretty devastating going forward, if you want me to be honest, because his contract is pretty damn good for next year. But you could see Hank make some real tight saves tonight. Uh, you could sell he's in the zone. I mean, obviously, they get the second goal in 0.3 seconds left. Uh, the game is over. So no real worry there. Uh, a three win. Uh, it's technically a three win one. Three win one. A three one win against the Kings. Uh, which is exactly what I would have wanted. Uh, this team just does it again. It's just perseverance. The offense is incredible. 
Uh, I have to say we didn't note during the Ranger notes that Matt Pumple was back. He's been a really nice welcome addition to this team. It seems like he couldn't find a place anywhere else in the league, but he's been shining with the Rangers. I don't know if he's a long-term solution on this team, but he's definitely going to ride it out with this one. Uh, it's really nice to see Zuccarello get a goal, and him and JT Miller combine again for a game-winning goal. Uh, obviously, they had very good chemistry within the Red Wing game in overtime, as we talked about earlier. But this was an overall a solid win. It's nice to go into Philly uh, on a win streak. I believe three wins now. And uh, we'll go beat Philly, and then we can go into the All-Star break with a four-win streak and continue this ride alive. I have to say, this team is incredibly fun to watch. The offense is lively. You know, even the defense was good tonight. Klein played well. Girardi had a really nice pass. Uh, Clendenning had a great pass or two. He's, you know, the defense played well. I, I can't really complain. I know Greg, if Greg was here, he would tell me to shut up and I'm wrong. But it was overall a solid game. I don't really have any serious hot takes. I will say it feels fucking good to beat the Kings. I really hate that team. You know, uh, off, off pod today, Greg and I had a side conversation about core memories and at that point in time I realized uh, a core memory of my life is losing to the Kings in that Stanley Cup finals and I mentioned it before it's just now whenever we play them I know it's not a real rivalry and the New York LA thing isn't really real but being able to beat them and being able to just just take it to them is really it means a lot to to me as a Ranger fan because they've done so much bad thing to me uh unfortunately for them Quick's been out for the season so it's uh Another backup goal we end up playing, but that you know we'll read the benefits of that and move forward. So the game's really good. Now we're gonna move on to the uh, the nonsense section of our podcast, and uh, here we go. And now we're back from that Kings reaction. Great job, Ryan. Uh, you did a great job recapping the game and what happened with the Rangers. Now we're on to uh, the Flyers game. <laughs> the Flyers. So we're gonna do our, our favorite segment here: national holidays and uh, upcoming schedule. Which where we review the upcoming games by only talking about the national holiday that they're on. Uh, we only have one game this week because it's All-Star break next week. So we will be coming back next Tuesday uh, with the Tuesday morning. And we will be reviewing and talking about the games in the upcoming week then. And on next week's pod, we're also going to have our friend James come on. James Clark is going to come on and talk our prospects and the Rangers or lack thereof. And how the Wolfpack's doing and what's down the pipeline with our yearly or half-yearly segment with James where we talk about the future of the Rangers and what we could do to better this team down the road. Which the answer is usually like, oh, we're fucked. So that's fun. But for right now, we have the Flyers this Wednesday, January 25th. It is National Opposite Day. That means Philly's pretty okay, right, Greg? (laughs) That'll never be funny. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I tried to get you to say some nice things about Philly on accident. It did not work out. You know, National Opposite Day. No, never, never get... Never going to happen. Um, okay. Last Friday, I, I put the question out there during the inauguration where I couldn't, I didn't, I honestly didn't know if I'd, where I would rather be. Would I rather be in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration or would I rather be in Philadelphia for literally anything? Right. Yeah. Uh, the answer, I think, is the inauguration for you, right? Because it's at least a historic moment. Uh, yeah, because at least during the inauguration, I could, uh, I don't know. I could punch a I could punch a neo Nazi. That'd be fun. Can I break news on this podcast? Sure, buddy. Not What's that, up? Not that it matters. No one cares about this except me, but I'm super excited. The Dodgers have traded with the Rays to uh, the Rays are sending Logan Forsythe and the the Dodgers I mean the Rays, the Rays get back Jose De Leon. Hide my boner. Super excited right now, baseball nerd. Oh, it, I, I am wait, going wait crazy. Wait a second. The the, the Dodgers 
the Dodgers legitimately traded. Uh, wow. Yeah, the Dodgers they gave up Deleon for. Don't get me wrong. I love Logan Forsythe. Uh, every year, um, the underrated Reddit baseball community. The Reddit baseball community does a um, off-season simulation where you know thirty active our baseball users get together and each our general manager um, of a respective team. Yeah. And this year I've done it each of the last three years. And this was the first year I was able to get the Mets. Uh, And one of my big moves early in the off season was trading for Logan Forsythe. He's a good player. He really is. I gave, I gave Neil Walker the qualifying offer. Uh, He did not accept unlike in real life. (laughs) Okay. And what I did after that was immediately trade for, Logan Forsythe. I'm trying to think of who I traded for Forsythe. It was not someone on the level of Jose De Leon. I can tell you that right now. I, I will tell it you, was, uh, I cannot believe this deal just happened. I am very excited. The deals that the Rays have done this offseason with That feels like a huge, huge overpay. Yeah, it does, for, right? It um, certainly does. The Dodgers. Like, I, I, look, Forsythe's contract is great. I think like his contract basically comes to... Uh, two years under team control for around $16.5, million, which is fantastic for what amounts to just about a – he's about a three-and-a-half to four-win player, I would say. Yep. Maybe not that high. Maybe it's two-and-a-half to three wins. He has – he's signed um, through uh, 2017. It's $10 million. Total? Yep. No, uh, per year. No, it's not. That's not per total. Year, per year, per year, per year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jeez, I wow, he's gonna go one more year. They're renting him, and they gave him Jose De Leon. That's fucking crazy. I'm super. No, excited no, no. Right he now. has he has he has a guarantee he has a guaranteed year and a player option. I believe. Oh, okay, I'll double check. But yeah. he's got two years of team control remaining. Okay. Oh yeah, you're right because um, his salary was one million dollars in 2016. That's crazy. Huh. Uh, okay. Well, hold on. I really want to look up what I okay. traded for. That's Logan fine. Forsyth. Great, great this- podcasting right now. Um. We're gonna head over to to the <laughs> to the nonsense speed round in a second, but I'm sorry that I'm having a, a nerd boner right now about about this trade. Uh, as you guys may know, I am a Rays fan, and uh, it's uh, it's very lonely over here. I do uh, I do root for the Mets because of Greg and uh, and all my Mets friends, but uh, this the, the Rays and John Franco. Don't forget John Franco. He's a big part of it. Hate John Franco. I don't know how many times <laughs> I've said this on this podcast. I do have my John Franco signature autograph card right in front of me right now, though. Thanks, Greg. You're, you're welcome. It's on my desk, so I always remember <laughs> what a good friend you are. Uh, I am the best of friends. You really are. Thanks, John Franco. And fuck Buffalo Wild Wings. So, uh, while you're doing that, I want to get into the not set speed round in a second, so you let me know. But for one just more second, really love what the Rays have done this offseason. I don't think they'll be good at all, but they don't need to be. For the next two years, they are in the rebuilding process, so the Yankees can go ahead and get Bryce Harper and beat up on me for the next couple of years while I rebuild. That's the plan. I, I love the Wilson Ramos signing for two years at a very love, love, reasonable contract. The Malik Smith since, trade. Especially since, yeah, especially since you don't need him to catch. Like, you can use him as a designated hitter. Oh, yeah, he can hit. Uh, De Leon, I, I, know, I don't know if you're going to like this, but I think requiring De Leon means you can be a lot more serious about trading Chris Archer. So cool about it. Like, we're or not, least, we're not least, in the position to do trading, that. Trading one of, trading one of, um, Archer or Odorizzi. Like, I think you don't need to trade both. I, I want to trade both, but one trading goes. one might not be, you know, one might not be the worst idea in the world. We'll probably trade Archer at the at the deadline and probably take a haul for him. To be honest, uh, that uh, we're gonna hope he recoups some value. That's probably the plan. 
I say we like I'm on the team. Jose De Leon. Ooh. This really has blown my mind that I, you guys got De Leon for Logan Forsythe. I love Logan Forsythe. Do not get me wrong, but I'm I'm like you, dude. I have I have a girl boner for uh, Mr. Jose De Leon. I was on that train. I I don't want to be a baseball hipster real quick, but I was on that train super early, and I I actually emailed in Jose De Leon's name to some podcast, and they were like, "Who is this?" That's literally what happened. So they're like, I have no idea. You were on that name so early that he when uh, we have a dynasty baseball league that we're preparing for a draft. That's correct. I'm excited for the draft, by the way. And everybody loves everybody loves hearing about our uh, baseball team. (laughs) But you you drafted Deleon before he was even available on yeah any website where we can roster him. Super way back with him as my boy. So now that he's on my team, super excited. May get a jersey. Who knows. Uh, let's go to the nonsense speed round right, and actually make see. that again. Oh, you want to do this this real quick? I got, tell, tell I, got traded. I got Logan. I traded Travis Darno and a minor league reliever for Logan Forsythe. That's fine. I, that's a fine trade. I would if, right. if I'm a raised raised actual GM, I'd be like, that's fine. I'd do that anytime. Um, uh, who was the who was the catcher I have for the Mets this year? I don't think it's good. Someone bad. I traded for. I got. I, I got Carlos Ruiz to platoon with Rene Rivera and Kevin Ploiecki. Uh, Rene Rivera's not bad. He can catch at least. Uh, no, I mean, and, and it's mostly because in the sim you kind of have to have a strict, um, strict rule, strict salary cap. Like your team can't just throw around monopoly money. Right. And I spent all my money on a Cespedes signing <laughs> for much higher than he signed in real life. Okay. <laughs> so I needed to save money where I could, and no one wanted to. No one wanted to trade for JB, so I had to trade Curtis Granderson. It broke my heart. This is a great um, segment into our nonsense speed round. Uh, I'm going to go ahead right right into it. We have five nonsense speed round questions this week. We'll start with the first one, which was the last one. Why will Jay Bruce be an All Star this year? Because the Mets are going to trade him for nothing, and he's going to go to uh, some team with a very short right field porch, and he's just going to crush. Uh, you, you know, I was really bummed when the Orioles re-signed uh, Mark Trumbo because Jay Bruce just made so much sense. Like, is there a team that made more sense for Jay Bruce no. as a power hitter that cannot play the outfield than the Baltimore Orioles who have made stars out of Chris Davis and No, Mark but Trumbo. I would rather have Trumbo any day of the week. Any day than Jay yeah, Bruce. Yeah, because, yeah, I, you're right, but that doesn't. I don't want the <laughs> Orioles to think that way. That's true. I wanted the Orioles to think of the way that Trumbo for three years is ridiculous, and they just wanted a one-year deal with Jay Bruce. Totally fair. Uh, but it you, didn't happen. Do you think uh, follow-up question that wasn't on my list? Do you think Dilson Herrera will be good uh, for the Cincinnati Reds going forward, and will you regret that trade? Um, I'm gonna. Will I? Re- let me answer that first by saying, will I regret the trade? Uh, you know, I don't think so. Okay. Because I really, I, I'm still a believer in Gavin Cicchini. I think Cicchini's bat plays and I think Cicchini's long-term uh, value is as a second baseman. So I think having both Herrera and Cicchini was a bit of a redundancy. So I understand wanting to capitalize and why, yeah, trying to get on the value, value of one of those assets. players. Okay. Now, am I upset that the Mets, thought the capitalization they should make on Delson Herrera was for Jay Bruce. Absolutely. Um, not who I personally would have traded Delson Herrera for. Um, but no, I, I don't think I, – I do love Delson Herrera. I don't want this to come off as me griping against no, Herrera. No, I didn't think you were uh, going to hate on gonna, him. I just wanted to ask the question, that's all. Yeah, I don't think I'm necessarily going to be upset that the Mets traded him. I may be upset that the Mets traded him for Jay Bruce. 
That's fair. That's about as far as it would go. Next and question. I do. I will add this. Just just a final Jay Bruce bow on all of this. Yes. Uh, I I think he stays a Met until spring training, and I think come opening day, Jay Bruce is unfortunately still a New York Met. I feel that I don't want him to the exact be one. same way. Where are they going to put him? It's just, this is no idea. Well, it's. Uh, I, I honestly think the Mets aren't afraid to bench him. I, that's the one good thing. I don't think the Mets are afraid to just let him sit on the bench. Um, this has just been such a weird offseason. It the, has been a weird Like one. the fact that Mark Trumbo had to wait until yesterday, a week ago to get a contract, <laughs> yeah. and he, he couldn't even get $15 million a year. Yeah. It, like that's was, ridiculous that Mark Trumbo couldn't get $15 million a that's year. That's because he came with a first, or, right? Or they, like but, if, he, if any other team signed him. Jose Batista – Jose Batista couldn't get a multi-year deal. He's still not signed, isn't he? Um, he resigned with the Blue Jays finally. Oh, oh, okay. I missed that news. Probably because it was just so late and no one cared. Uh, yeah. All right. Next question. Popular question. I cared because it took the took took him out of your hands. Uh, go on. All We're, right. Let's go to the next question. Well, no. It's, it Jay, Jay Bruce to the Blue Jays would have made a lot of sense too without uh. Oh, okay. Jose Batista there, that but now that Batista's there, like. Another redundancy. And you're done now. Not a fan. All right. No, enough Mets. For now, let's go to the, the hot topics on the internet this week. Greg, the question of the week for most people is, would you punch a Nazi? I'm going to ask you, would you hug a Nazi? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is no circumstance. Um, like, maybe if I'm wearing a suit of knives and I hug the Nazi. <laughs> right. Uh, How do you feel about the, no, would are, you punch a Nazi are, question? There are three things There are three things I hate, hate in this world. Uh, Nazis. Chase Utley and the city of Philadelphia. That's fair. <laughs> Is Chase Utley in the city of? Well, Chase Utley went to L.A., so never mind. That's fine. You do hate him. Um, yeah, Chase Utley transcended Philadelphia hate. Buddy. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember. I'm aware. I think we talked about it on this podcast. Uh, now, I will. I will clarify. I'm not saying that everyone that lives in Philadelphia is a Nazi. I'm just saying I hate <laughs> Philly fans on a similar level. To the way I hate Nazis. Right. And so the answer for you is yes, you'd punch now, a Nazi, and I agree. Uh... Oh. <laughs> I'd, I'd be more disappointed in myself if I didn't. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not going to get into this. Uh, next question. In honor of the, <laughs> of the United States pulling out of the TPP deal, what's your recommended ply of toilet well, paper? They, they... Well, first of all, we haven't pulled out yet. <laughs> okay. Um, in honor of the attempt to pull out of the Trump TPP wants deal. Trump <laughs> I I need two ply. I think three ply that's that's too much ply. Like at some point, like you know, you just go through toilet paper too quickly if it's like three ply. Three ply is but like two ply, putting a pillow. One ply, one ply, sure. is in, one ply is inhumane. It's really like torture. I, I, Whoever like, has one it's, ply, it's what one one ply is what Nazis should have to use. You're also getting punched. Um, like, you have one ply. Like, I know you probably have a tough, tough butthole, and, like, you're probably a cool person because of that. But if I come to your house and you have one ply, I'm going to judge you. I'm just saying. No, like, if you have one ply, aren't you afraid just, you know, what happens if it's really, you, you had, you know, something really Mexican for lunch, it's and real, all of a sudden. It's real tough times. Your, your, poo, your, your poo is not exactly solid anymore. That stuff just like melts in your hand, and then Ugh. that's gross and unfortunate. <laughs> the the term "melts in your hand" just paints such a beautiful mental image that it just hits home too hard. <laughs> <laughs> it just hits home too hard. Uh, that's enough for that question. It, it, I have the next question we have here is: What wouldn't you do for love? 
I would do anything <laughs> for love. Right, um, but what wouldn't you do? But you won't do that. I I wouldn't visit the the I city of Philadelphia. Up, I wouldn't give up the. <laughs> I don't, I don't, no, I, you know what? I, I've I've sucked it up and done that to love. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Look at this breaking news. Greg's, I I, I wouldn't give up the Mets though. You, okay. you couldn't get me to give up the Mets. That's fair. I probably yeah I probably wouldn't like the Islanders. To be fair, I don't think I would ever be like yeah I like the Islanders. Um, uh, I think that's drastic. Is I it? Think that's... You just had to say the same well, thing. Define 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 like. Okay, that's like, fair. Do I have to wear a, do I, like would I have to wear a Phillies jersey every day? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I could no, stomach really... wearing a Philly jersey, but would I have to tolerate the Phillies? You know what I wouldn't do? I wouldn't need a tough. jar. I wouldn't need a I... jar of pickles. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I need a jar of pickles. I, I mean, like pickles. one time deal, I'd suck it up. Uh, yeah, but I'd suck it up. Yeah, for love, I guess. But this is like <laughs> this is like asking the question: um, How much money would it take to wear a turtleneck shirt every day for a year? Oh, I like this question. Uh, hmm, four thousand dollars. Wait, every day? See, I I went every day, every day, including, including the summer. Hmm, never mind. Yeah, I think I would need like sixty k. Oh, see, I I went I went super low. Did you? <laughs> I went super low on this question. I said two dollars a day, and you'd you'd get me to do it. Oh my god! That's like no. seven hundred. Wait, for how long that's like though? Seven hundred and fifty dollars. Stipulations like how long do you have to like, wear it? Like what do you mean? The shirt. Like during the day? Yeah. I like if you're if you're at work or you're being sociable, I'd say you have to wear the shirt. No, man, I can't because summer nights. Like, I'm like... not saying you have to wear. I don't think. I don't think. Well, I don't think you have to wear it to bed. Like, it's a turtleneck shirt. The the way the question was posed to me, it made it sound like if I was being sociable or if I was going to work, uh, I would have to wear a turtleneck, and I said two dollars a day. No. Did not hesitate very much. Give me 60, 60 grand. I'll take anyone up on offer right now. $750 is a lot of money. Uh, yeah, man. It's not worth it. Like me being at a bar in the middle of the summer and they have no AC on and I have a, I've t- or I'm at a beach and all my friends and I have to wear my turtleneck because I'm out socializing. It doesn't make sense. But for yeah, six, I don't know. Because you for could put a blazer on over that. You could look like a bit of a fucking hipster prick for I do a little that, bit. I do that for free. Like... It's, it's fine. I know, but now you're getting $2 a day. Nah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it for me, Greg. Mm, uh, worth, worth it to me. Last question of the day. In honor... Oh, no, that's the wrong question. Sorry, I already said that. Oof. So uh, we have to... <laughs> it, it, nice. Way to go. If someone owns a piece of land, do they own it all the way to the center of the earth? Ooh. I like uh, this question. So, like, if oil is found... Well, I think if... If you own land and oil is found on your land, like how it's clearly far below not, your like, house do you bubbling own? at the surface? That's my question. I don't what... think you own it to like the. I don't think you own it to the Earth's core, but I think it's one of those things where, if you dig deep enough and find an artifact on your property, it is your property. Right. So like, if you know I went, what I mean? I went like, to my backyard right now the, and the did common, like an archaeology the, expedition. Like, how far could I go down if, before if it wasn't mine? If some guy came on your property and said, there's oil on your land, I want to mine it, that I think is your oil. It's not like that guy can claim, unless it's, unless it's like um, there, uh, there will be blood yeah. and they just tube under your house without you knowing. That I was drink so messed your up. Milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink uh, it up. What a great movie. That's, that's one of the most underrated 
scenes in movie history. It is fantastic. That whole scene is so tense, and the dialogue is I, so perfect. Ugh, I'm going to go rewatch I it. drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink it up. That's great. It's wonderful. Uh, Greg, fantastic. another successful nonsense speed round. Uh, not as good as last week, but we will uh, always shoot to up our game by at least 0.3% on this podcast. Uh, and then we will reduce it immediately by 0.2.9. Uh, so, Greg, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we will speak uh, to you next week. Uh, I will recap the. I've already recapped the Kings game on this podcast. It's either good or bad. And uh, next week we'll have James on to talk prospects and the future of the Rangers. Now I now I really hope the game is just indifferent and it's not good or bad. Yeah, it was like it's a, just, just, a, just another Red Wings game. But that's like it's like two one instead. <laughs> But but I don't know. Who, who knows? Yeah, you know there are good things and there are bad things. I really hope that's what that's the outcome is because you've really really backed yourself into a corner here. I really have. So I'm gonna go watch that now, even though I've already talked about it on this podcast. And uh, Greg, you have a great night. We'll talk to everyone next week. You can follow us on Twitter at Pushers Break, Instagram Pushers Breakaway, blah 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 blah. I love you all. Greg, say goodbye. Bye guys. Bye bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.